Yes, welcome. It's the NFL show. Finally, we're up and running. You thought you got rid of us after the NRL season, but uh, we're here to stay all summer. We've had a few trial weeks, boys, but uh, this is the real thing. Let's go. F1. It's already been, what are we up to, fifth week of the NFL. Uh, boys, TB, Rams fan, what's going on? Oh, very good. How are you, Sol? We're just you know, sitting here uh, having a bit of a good chat beforehand. It's um, Yeah, it's been an interesting four weeks to start off with with the season. There's been some players that really stood out. Um, like your Kyle Murray's, he had some players that probably haven't stood up in some games. We've got Paddy Hoggett, big uh, Jet fan, who had Zach Wilson stand up on the weekend. He saw uh, Robert Sala. He was getting a bit excited on the sideline with his team, which was great. I'm sure he's got can add to us about you know, how good um, the NFL season has been for him. Paddy, Jets fan. They were making fun oh. of you last week. And you know what? And... They responded. Yeah, you know, I said last week, I said, everyone, you know, I know it was a trial run and such as that, but I did tell the boys, I said, this, this week's the week. It's going to be an upset week. And everyone was laughing at me. But the Jets are on a roll. We're going to play in London this week. And, you know, I'm very keen. You know, I was, I was, I was starting to get in the, you know, train to the draft, which is comes really early as a Jets fan. But I'm seeing a different light. You know, I'm seeing a bit of a competitive side after last week. Zach Wilson, oh, my God. It's, you know, TV shrugging his head, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's a turning point, isn't it? Turning point for it's you. Point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Look, speaking of, you're talking about before TV, Colin Murray, him and his boys, the Arizona Cardinals, the only team undefeated or left that's undefeated in the NFL. They got your boys on the weekend, the Rams. Rams, bit of a, I guess, back to reality for them. It's not going to be an easy run. They are, I reckon, still the favorites for the NFC. But Colin Murray proved that his crew are, are for real. Yeah, definitely. You could see that there was a bit of a you know, hangover from the game they played last week. You know, at SoFi Stadium there, they, had, they played against the Bucks. And it was a playoff quality game. It was a playoff build to that game. If you look at the hype and the, you know, the energy expansion that goes into a game like that, that's what you can start to see a bit of a lag into the next week. And you'd expect that, you know, they are professional athletes and they can handle that. But on the weekend, you could definitely tell there was just a lack of energy and a lack of intent with all of the things they were, they were doing. You could just tell from the sideline as well. It just didn't seem like the same Rams from the past three weeks. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think he was pretty safe in the pocket again last week and he still had that time, but it just didn't seem like everything was going our way. Kyler Murray was unbelievable. And you look at his stats, I think he threw for 268 yards. He had two touchdowns, 40 rushing yards. And you look at that sort of stats and you look at Matt Stafford's kind of that throw he throws down, trying to hit Deshaun Jackson. And he's just a bit off. Like that's just the game, I think, on the weekend. I think he was just not just him, but it was just a more of an embodiment of the whole team. And just, yeah, I think we we're just a bit off on the weekend. Um, but yeah, it's a big thing for the Cardinals. They, they were zero and eight against Sean McVay. So getting that one off, off the back there for Cliff Kingsbury and his, his troops there. Um, yeah, it was good for them. I don't think there's any doubt they're probably the most impressive team of the first four weeks, you know. Obviously, we haven't been on for that first four weeks, but like last week, we were, I guess we were talking off air about are they a playoff team or are they for real this year? And we're kind of, yeah, they're real-ish. I think being the Rams kind of solidified that they're for real, right, Pat? Yeah, 100%. You know, I said it last week, I was like, this next couple of weeks are really going to define them. And I was like, if they get past the Rams, then they're definitely for real because I wasn't sold on them. Because like, I remember their start last year, they started off really well. But the way Kyle has just controlled this offense under Cliff Kingsbury, it's like next level. I know it's one game, but we can't fault what they've done over these first four weeks. Like we can't say, oh, they're still young. They're still developing like such as that. But 
the whole team around him, even the defense itself, with guys like Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, and such as that. Like I know they get they get the recognition, but the the depth guys as well, they're all playing together, and this team just feels like they're a different type of Cardinals. Like again, these next couple of games will show really what it's about because the NFC West is it's a tough it's a tough division. So really, it's going to be up to how Kyler continues to just control the rest of the offense because, of course, he's got D-Hop, but AJ Green's getting good targets now. Even Rondell Moore is playing good footy. There's just so many different weapons on this team that if you're a Cardinals fan right now, you're getting getting excited. Oh, yeah, the bandwagon is truly up and running. It's begun. It's begun. I'm, I'm telling you. And look, the main thing for them is... He stays healthy. If Kyler Murray stays healthy, they're going to do big things. Look, the NFC is so tough. It's always tougher than the AFC, let's be fair. It's funny, eh, in the media in America, like, they just forget about the Rams. Last year's news all of a sudden, like, they were putting them on a pedestal last week, and no one's even, no one's talking about them. You go to any show right now, no one's talking about the Rams right now. It's stupid. But also, you know what, man? Los Angeles Chargers, they've been freaking under the radar impressive. Um, That win yesterday, Justin Herbert was on fire. Yeah, no, he was um, he was unbelievable. And you look at what we talked about last week, but the, just the coaching. It's the team just looks well-tuned. Everyone looks like they're on the same page. And I feel like Brandon Staley is just, he blew him away in the uh, interview at the start of the year, you know, when he got hired for the job. And you can just see that everyone's in, you know, in the same direction. Everyone looks happy. If you look at any interview, if you've listened to the Brand Staley talk, you just, you know, a little air of confidence there. And just, they're really confident about the group of people they have there. And they're playing well, you know, they've, they, they played against a really good, uh, you know, Las Vegas Raiders team. And, you know, they had four sacks. That's a pretty good solid effort for them on the weekend. And then, you know, you had Austin Eckler had a really good game as well. Herbert threw for three touchdowns, over 200 yards. So that's also, um, you know, unbelievable there. But, yeah, just the, the piece of the puzzle, we're just all starting to um, come in. And that defense, they're not talking about as much. And I'm telling you, Brandon Staley, we talked about it the past couple of weeks and we haven't aired those things. But just that quarterback you know, defensive coordinator, now head coach, you know, his understanding of the offense to then use all those pieces he has in that Chargers defense. You could see Derek Carr was, he got hit then and he kind of got a bit, you know, worried. You could see he just didn't feel comfortable in the pocket. And I think, you know, both of that talked about that after the game. They just had to make him feel uncomfortable. And, he, and as soon as he uh, got a couple of hits, he was just under the pump there. And I feel like you could just see him start to, you know, think about it a bit more in his head. And that's when they started to pounce the Chargers' defense, and it was really good to watch. Yeah, they're about to enter a really successful period under Staley. Like like he said, he was a former quarterback, transitioned into a defensive coordinator. He knows how to pick a defense like no other, right? And it keeps the messaging simple. They do a job and let Justin Herbert do his thing. Before we move on, is there anyone else that's impressed you over the first four weeks? There's one major team that's like you can talk about, you know, the Bills, and you can talk about teams like that. You're always seeing that from the start, you know? The team that's going on the radar, you're going to be shocked by it, but it's the Bengals. Mm. The Bengals. The Bengals are the team that, you know, I'm I'm going a little bit too – I might be going a little bit too far, but they have been – you can't say from what they've done last year, they haven't been impressive. They have been seriously impressive. From I know they lost to the Bears had a bit of a rubbish game, but some of the players that are playing around, you know, you can see Joe Burrow, like he's a talented player, but the guys he's throwing to – you know, Jamar Chase, incredible, incredible talent. Yeah. Like, even with the preseason struggles, he's just come out and just put that to bed. He's honestly been one of the top rookies of the year so far. Um, but he's throwing to guys like CJ Uzuma, like that, like tight end. He's got two touchdowns last week, nearly 100 yards, using his weapons such as Joe Mixon as well and Tyler Boyd. 
But even on the defense as well, you know, you've got Larry Ogden Joby, he's playing incredible, you know, one of the best run stoppers, best like interior pass rushers. And then you got Logan Wilson. There's like guys that like no one was talking to talking about at the start of the season that are just starting to creep up. And I know they've got a tough division with the Browns and the Ravens and such as that. But if we're sitting here saying that they're the number one seed after four weeks in the AC North, that just shows how impressive they've been. I love a little underdog team, as you can see, from who I support. But, you know, Bengals fans can be excited because you can see that even in a tough division, even with tough games, like you played the Vikings. Like the Vikings are good talent. You know, you played the Steelers. Jaguars last week was a bit of a, like an iffy game. Like they played all right. But, you know, they're still they're coming out and they're playing aggressive and such as that. But if they can get a win against the Packers this week, they're being impressive. And I know they're not real just yet, but I'm being very impressed by them. Oh, yeah, I think people take notice of them if they beat the Packers this week. And it's funny, right, because, like, Joe Burrow is probably under most scrutiny, big pressure, number one pick. They said, you know, his career is going to die when he goes to Cincinnati, as everyone else's career does. But this start, it, it's massive, especially, like you said, it's a tough division. You know, Baltimore is one of the top teams. Cleveland as well. We mentioned all these teams. There's, like, a common denominator. A lot of these guys have just got new, you know, modern-day quarterbacks. they got that. And mm. we're kind of worried about the quarterback class, right? That was coming through, not only from this year, but from last year, year before. Are they are they good enough? Are they living up to the hype? You can see it's a slow progress, but they're showing signs, you know, that they're talented. And, and there's a bit of a change in the guard. I know it's a big core saying that, but you now Brady's not going to go away. Roger's not going to go away. But a lot of these guys are, are given the freedom to kind of run their team. You know what I mean? They're not being held back, is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yeah, it feels like they... Like there's this new era coming through. Like you're seeing, like yeah. you still got, like you said, you still got Brady and Rogers and such as like that. But Herbert and Burrow, like they're leading their teams, like it's next level. And I know we we haven't really seen that yet from the quarterbacks this year. But these guys are only year out on teams that were like below average, and they're looking for the first four weeks legit, legit to be you know above average type teams. And if these guys can just dominate, then in five years. Like, what is, what are we actually looking at? Like, what's the NFL going to be looking at? You know, it's going to be looking at guys like Byron, Herbert, Mahomes, just absolutely dominating, you know, Wilson. Oh, he's going to be dominating the league. Look, um, <laughs> yeah. reality will hit him soon. It's not like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah they're, they're going to, it's going to go for a tough period. It's, it's how hmm. they respond from that, right? You have a nice That's start, right. nice run. Then you get hit hard, you know, a couple of losses, pressure builds. How do you respond to that? That's that's when you see who comes out of that class successfully. Yeah. TB, impressed by the Bengals or? I don't know. Is that Taylor a coach? You know, he had a couple of dubious calls again on the weekend. I think he caught another run play on a second and long. And I just think that he's on the hot seat. And I know that you could say three and one, but he's still on the hot seat. They were trailing 14-0 against Jacksonville on, at half last week. And... You know, a couple of things there, just a couple of calls. He's just been really conservative on, on things and then very puzzling there. And I think, you know, it'd be hard to find any positive, you know, talk regarding Zach Taylor at the moment. It's just, yeah, there's just some really dubious calls over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I understand he's, you know, former, you know, Sean McVay, but he really hasn't led an offense and a team. And it's just, we interested to see how they go this week against the Packers. And I honestly don't see him being in, you know, shooting distance of them. I, I believe Rogers will take them apart and really dominate them. And 
the only thing could be that Joe Burrow could get some joy there. But I think Joe Mixon's out there, at least it's day by day this week. So that'll be a big loss for them if he's out as well. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not really buying the hype about the Bengals. Like they beat the Steelers. So I don't think we should be putting the Steelers in the Steelers category where they've been in the past 20 years. But yeah, just don't, they don't look very good there with Big Ben. But we've got to wait and see. Obviously, you keep saying that. We keep making predictions. You talk about all those shows like Colin Coward and all that that are making these power rankings, we look at the power rankings each week, they've completely changed. And that's not any uh, discredit to them. It's just showing how unpredictable it's been in the first four weeks. So it's really important that we have a good look at it, make our judgments, make our opinions. But yeah, it's really important just to the body of work and exactly what you were saying before about the Rams. So big over there in America and, you know, everyone watching this sport about what have you done for me lately? Like the Rams have been forgotten about. Like I think all the power rankings, they've dropped back like six or seven places so they were number one last week so it just shows how that what have you done for me lately culture over there is starting to take effect yeah and let's just jump on the next big thing or the next exciting thing like you know this week's arizona then you know who knows next week's gonna be dallas if dallas win dallas four and one well uh let's talk they're back in the super bowl like it's just stupid but anyway that's america for you let's play a game boys true or bs you get straight into it i'm gonna say a statement and you just tell me if it's a true or bs and explain why all right, let's go. First thing, the Chargers are the best team in the AFC. True or BS? I just I think they've got the whole package. I think they're defensively, you know, they're really sound. They're really fundamentally sound there. Offensively, they're saying they've got a young quarterback. They've got a coach um, and coordinators that all seem like they're in sync. And you can see how their performances against some quality teams in the past couple of weeks and how they've, you know, played well in those games in those uncomfortable moments. You can definitely see that they're going to be a very good team. And I can only see them getting better. BS. BS. All right. BS. Boy. I love the Chargers. I yeah. love the Chargers. I love their young, like they said, their young foundation and such things like that. The Bills are the best team in the AFC. They've had similar type roster for the last three years. And I've seen it from being in the AFC East and I've watched the Bills quite a bit. And they've just got continuity from the start. Like it starts from Josh Allen, you know, they believed in him. He was rubbish his first year and they've just developed him up and brought players around him. And it's not like they've bought so much talent. Like, yeah, they've got Stefan Diggs in there now that they got from Minnesota, but it's not like they've changed so much around Josh Allen. It's just all their pieces have got stronger and it just feels like their continuity under Sean McDermott has just been incredible. So their defense is a scary sight, especially when we go up against him in a couple of weeks. So I, I do love the Chargers. I think they are a great team and they will be a legit team, but they have the Browns and the Ravens in the next two weeks. And I feel like we could see a bit of a shift, especially if the Browns knock them off this week. So I'm sticking, especially after a big 40-0 win against the Texans and a couple of good wins over the week. So I'm saying, BS, I reckon the Bills are the best team in the AFC. Look, the only thing for me that puts the Chargers over them, because I think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC, is the fact they beat the Chiefs. It's just the quality of opponent. And look, it's, it's a very it's very thin AFC. It's always been like that. But... The Bills smashed the, the Texans, wasn't it? And then they smashed before that Washington. Uh, they smashed right? the Washington, yeah. yeah. Look, they're probably expected to beat those teams. You know what I mean? The only loss for the Chargers was against Dallas. And look, you don't want to write off Dallas because I know they're the most overhyped team in the last 30 years because people think they're still America's team and shit. But like, <laughs> I think the Chargers have, have shown a bit more than, than the Bills. I think the Bills have been on a cruisy run, whereas you know Chargers are building up to something and... I think they're just the best team in the AFC right now. I think they're most informed. You can't fault them right now, man. You cannot fault them. They versed yesterday the Raiders and they just exposed them. Like they were a, a crap team. They were going, 
You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think the charge is just. And we spoke about it last week. We were talking about their in-store meetings in the middle of the week and how, like, in that session, they get every single person there. So they've got all three phases of the ball there, okay? And then you've got, you know, they have general manager, you know, Tom Telesco in there. All these people are in these meetings, okay? And they're telling them what the game plan is for offense, defense, and in special teams. And just that accountability of everyone knowing each other's jobs, like that builds a good culture. It builds a culture of accountability. And, you know, you can definitely see that that, that team is accountable for what they're doing. And I can, as you said, I can definitely see them getting better I mean, Definitely being the AFC's uh, best team. All right. Next up, Andy Dalton is the Bears' best option at quarterback. True or BS? BS. <laughs> like, Maggie's just kidding himself, isn't he? I know Andy Dalton got injured, correct? Like, yes, he was dropped because he got injured. He, he didn't start because he was injured. But you cannot put a rookie out there in a situation, win a game against, I know the Lions aren't an amazing team or anything like that, but he won a game. He showed promise and he had a tough week the week before. And then once he's suddenly getting a bit of momentum and the progression starting, you're going to go, oh, no, Andy Dalton's coming back. It's genuinely like concerning to see that from Nagy, especially when you draft a guy with such high caliber and he goes out and wins a game. And then from there, just to go, oh, no, Andy's our starter. Like, that Mind makes boggling. no sense Mind for a rookie as well. If it was a second-year quarterback and you believed in Andy Dalton a bit more, that's fine. But this is a rookie quarterback with so much promise, then you're really just going to stop his confidence by putting him off and sitting him on the bench after a good win last week because he showed so much flashes. He was him and, and him and Mooney had such a good connection last week. And it's shocking. It's, it's like if we had a legit like if, it's like the Jets had a legit backup quarterback. Let's say Joe Flacco was still around like he was last year. And Robert Sala goes, Oh yeah, so Zach, you just won your first game against the Titans. Let's go and stop that and go with our original, you know, safer player. It doesn't make any sense. And you see the difference between teams that are developing quarterbacks well, like the Browns, when Tyra Taylor was there. When he got injured, Baker Mayfield stepped up, got that first win, and then Tyra Taylor never saw the field again. And look how he's developed. Now you're stopping his growth and you're not letting him go on the roller coaster ride of a rookie quarterback. And it doesn't make any sense. So even if Andy Dalton's a, you know, a smarter option for your team to win, realistically and for the future, it makes no sense. So that is BS. TB, Andy Dalton. Well, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I think Matt Nagy's definitely going to go with Andy Dalton. So I'm going to say it's true because Andy Dalton, because what Matt Nagy has as his offensive scheme will suit Andy Dalton. Okay, and, and you can just tell how they're playing. They actually installed offensive coordinator uh, Bill Lazor there as the play caller on the weekend, and you could just definitely see that they had, you know, more protection. Okay, there was heavier protection definitely on the quarterback there, and it definitely assisted Fields on the weekend. And also, you know, they allowed Montgomery to get some ball, and they definitely started to attempt, you know, establish the run there, which also you now helps Fields there. So you could definitely see the play calling was better on the weekend, and that's because Matt Nagy relinquished it there. Obviously, he wasn't outstanding, only threw for 10 for 17 and only 200 yards, no touchdowns, but you could definitely say they were better. But, yeah, I just can, can't see Nagy not going with Dalton because what you just said then, Paddy, is exactly why he won't look towards the future. At the moment, Matt Nagy's not looking towards the future. He's got to win now, and if he thinks Dalton is the way to do that, he'll do that for the remainder of the year. Yeah, he's on the hot seat. That's the problem. Nagy's on the hot seat. You know, they're just waiting for something to go wrong so they can sack him. He has to go with the safer option. D, 
the Bears have to be a bit more upfront with Nagy. You know, if they're happy with him, they should extend him. I don't know if they've, I don't know if his contract's about to run out or, you know, they're in the process of it. But if they're going to stick with Nagy long term, let him know, you know, so he can deal with the Fields situation because Fields is the biggest loser out of this at the end of the day. For me, it's BS because the Bears are nowhere near title contenders. You know what I mean? So you may as well start rebuilding right now, but it's the wrong coach at the wrong time because he's been trying to build for the last couple of years. It hasn't been working. They should be building him up. They should be giving him opportunities. They should let Andy Dalton freaking help him out on the sideline. He's, he's a smart mind. You know, he's, got, he's not an idiot. He's a really good quarterback. But, you know, what if he goes out and gets injured again? You know, what do you do then? That's the question. Because he's obviously going to the end of his career. You know, you're not expecting this guy to win you a Super Bowl at the end of the day. Let's be realistic. Yeah, look, I, I think it's BS. I think they should play Justin Fields. But it's a double-edged sword, man. Like you said, TB. Chicago, man, they can't catch a break, honestly. You put it perfectly, but when you said that Chicago aren't in a win-now mentality. Like, we, if we're talking about a different type of side, if we're, they're like, oh, yeah, Dalton's going to win us games. So like, you shouldn't be trying to win now. They, the front office is really in a wrong mindset with the roster they've got. You know, they've got to actually think, okay, we're going to build around fields. He's the future. And if we're going to do this a year too late and we're going to have a new staff around him and we're not going to be getting this whole thing going, then it's just going to become one of those fiascos that happens in Chicago, a.k.a. Mitch Trubisky. So you don't want to see that happen. So I think Chicago fans are probably kicking themselves and are probably calling for Nagy's head at the moment, especially with them getting rid of Fields as a starter for the week. Who they got this week? They got the Raiders, so it's going to be a tough one. Tough one, but, you know, it looked good on the resume if they can get it because they could get it, honestly. Raiders yeah, are it's a winnable okay. Game. Yeah, it's a winnable game. I they're going over the Death Star. I don't, see him. I don't see him getting it. No, I don't look, I don't, but I think if it was I think the Raiders are like the fakest best team, you know what I mean? They're not like actually that yeah, good. They would stick around. They're yeah, never gonna give up. Exactly. Next up, Urban Meyer should be fired for his shenanigans over the weekend. <laughs> True or BS? I'm gonna go BS. I don't think he should be <laughs> hang on. I'm gonna start off by saying I think he should go to USC now. I think he should just pack his bags, go there, happy days. You had your go at the NFL, go back to what you know, okay? Go back, to, you know, go recruit, okay? We know you're good at that. We know you're good at building a team. So in that, I'll probably, yeah, I'll, I will say, yeah, true, he's probably going to get, he probably will get fired. I don't know if he'll get fired during the season, but I'm telling you, it'll, it'll happen later. Yeah, it just looks like too much contract in there. He's got people, with it, Darren, they've got Bevel there, Schottenheimer running the offense, and that doesn't seem like those two are in sync, okay? And he's got people contracted to do different things, and he's trying to be, the boss overseeing it without any understanding of trying to make it interrelated. So what he did, have you ever heard of a coach not going back on the plane after the game? One, you, they wouldn't let the player, they would never let a player not go back, maybe on exception, okay, if they have, obviously it was a Thursday night game, so on exception they might let people stay for the weekend. But the head coach not going back with his players, like that, that just no sets sense. a bad example. Yeah. Like it just, you're meant to be on that plane, you're meant to be, you know, talking to the players, you know, they just lost their own four. Oh, and four. He's out at his place, you know, carrying on. Obviously, he was with his, his grandchildren, and he obviously wasn't at that time, but you're the boss of the organisation. The Khans had to put a statement out like it was, you know, someone who did something, like it was a Josh Dugan or a Blake Ferguson who was going out. <laughs> and, no, like, you know, they, they make mistakes, and that's 100%. They were young. That, that happens. Yeah. But this is the head coach of your organisation. He's the one who wants to oversee everything, and he's the one going out there and not setting the example. Did you hear the stories this morning? He went in and didn't even address the players as a group. 
He addressed the players in position groups. Like, for goodness sake. And apparently he was laughed out of the room after he left. So they were laughing at him. Like, yeah. there's, I don't know how he, honestly, I don't know how he can get back into the room. I just don't know how they can get the credibility. Like, it just doesn't make much sense. If he, uh, look, he's lost the dressing room straight out. He's lost them. And it's only awesome. four games in. It's it's just everything that could go bad has gone bad and even worse. That's what's crazy. You can't keep you can't keep preaching. You can't no. keep preaching now. No, I don't no, know. No. I don't know how he, the only way he could have got out of it. I think is if he just went into the group and said, you know what, boys, as I've told you, you know, I've made a mistake. You know, I own up to it. I did the wrong thing. I think he went in there and he was trying to tell them that, you know, oh, I don't know who she was, blah blah blah. Fair enough. But you just got to go in there and own it. Like, I understand that you know. People make mistakes, and that's only a, a small thing there. But yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. Yeah. In, in, in the whole context of things you can do bad, like obviously it was disloyal and all that, but just own up to it. And that, I think it would have been, you know, wouldn't have been drawn out for as long. Yeah. Should it be fired? You know, gonna, don't fire him yet. You know. Look, look uh, I'll be honest. Look, we may as well incorporate not only the incident, but also them owed for. You know, yeah, you know, it's, it goes it goes hand in hand, really. Yeah. It's like a next little piece in the shenanigan puzzle. You know, this is the real thing, right? You know, you can talk all about like what Tate said about about the whole disloyalty and such things like that. But what about Trevor Lawrence right now? <laughs> How's he thinking that his coach is getting laughed out of the room? Their owner needs to go. Their owner says publicly that we need him to regain our trust. And you're here as a first round quarterback after winning so many games at Clemson. And you're thinking, what the hell am I doing here? What am I doing here? I'm, I'm a top quarterback and I'm here with a coach that just got laughed out of the room by blokes that are 0-4. They laughed at a coach, their head coach, out of their room after their 0-4. And the owner doesn't even trust his head coach. And he's there trying to carry his team. I feel like you either got to end it now and stop the pain and be like, wow, like this is done sort of like an Antonio Brown situation of the Raiders, even though it's a bit far-fetched, like it's nothing like that. But I know it's a simple mistake, but this is your head coach. Like it's really, like I know it's one video and such as that, but the whole cycle of um, how he hasn't adapted from the NFL to the college game and such as that, and like his whole team just feels like it's just being deflated and he's getting laughed out of the room. It just adds to like the main thing is, if is he actually going to be an NFL coach at like the top level, then if he's not, you got to get rid of him. If like in the next couple of weeks we see a complete shift and you know the team gets a bit faced up and they win a couple of games or something like that, which I don't see happening. But if they don't win any games this year, if they win one game this year or win two at the end, a couple of pity wins or something like that, I don't see him staying around. Especially when you get laughed out of a room in week four. Like if it was week one or it was preseason, or you could like okay, we'll give him a week, but. This is going into week five, you know, you're getting into it a bit and you've had a whole training camp and such as that with these guys and you've got laughed out of the room. That just shows that there's a bit of under-the-carpet stuff going on at uh, good old Jacksonville. And um, the video just puts a bit of an icing on the cake. But, yeah. You I know, mean, we'll say, you know, it's a bit early. No, you're right. And and that's the thing, right? Because I think he, I think you should be fired because not only because of the incident, I'm not just solely blaming on that, but... Hearing what TV said about, you know, him not going back on a plane, not addressing the group as a whole, you're just conceding you've, you don't care or you, you're just done with, you're trying to let it blow over. You don't want to take responsibility. Like, I've never seen a coach come in with the aura, with the reputation he came with into the NFL and lose it like that. I mean, we, we haven't even, like, it's been a month so of quick. NFL. He had, he, had the, he had the best resume. You know, yeah. everyone was talking about him with the high of the year, you know. It was like, 
you know, and a number one pick. And, and oh, man, man, like it's supposed to be a match made in heaven, but it's yeah. match made Mike, in hell. Mike Lombardi talked about it on his damn stuff yesterday. And it was a really good take. He'd walk in, he'd walk to the sideline, sorry, and he, he wasn't all over the scheme. You know, he had off- good offensive coordinators. You know, he had some say in that, obviously. You know, he's a head coach. He does, well, this is in college. But most of the time, he'd walk on the sideline going, okay, how much are we going to win by today? Because they had the best players. Mm. And they had the best players. That's what happens. He's a good recruiter. He's great at that. Okay, great at selling, getting players to his team. But when it comes to, in the NFL, all the teams, they've got great players. They're the best players in the world at what they do, okay, in each team. Okay, there might be, you know, you could say there's differences, but at the end of the day, it comes down to with mind you, you know, the games are coming down to the last possession. And how you win those games schematically and understanding of the rules, understanding of the situation, understanding and all that. And that's what a head coach is going to be able to do. And when you don't have that understanding, you know, I'm going to go back on the plane. We're going to take this together. And then afterwards, I'll go and do whatever I want. I'm not talking about sacking Urban Meyer because of what happened on the weekend. I'm just sacking him on based on his actions football-wise, and understanding of the team, okay? That all just compounds it because at the end of the day, people make mistakes and that shouldn't be held against him ever, okay? Because that's his own personal life. But football-wise, some of those decisions have been really poor. Yeah, like he's been exposed and it's like the video for me, it's not whatever happened in the video, it's the fact that he's having a laugh, he's having a good time. Like, bro, you're zero and four. Go work on what's going wrong. You should be in the facility every single day, morning to night, just trying to figure it out, man. You know, he's treated it like it's college. Like you said, he has not transitioned well into NFL. You know, he's not supposed to transition quickly, but I've never seen someone transition so poorly. That's what's crazy. Yeah, and you just yeah. get, yeah, but when the player's laughing at 0-4, <laughs> players laughing at They've given up. The they've given up. They've just, they've just gone, you know what, let's just do this for a bit of... Like, let's just get, let's just play like, and get paid and oh, just have a laugh. That's God. it. It's Jacksonville. I think for Jacksonville's sake, the quicker they get rid of him and move on from him, this whole fiasco, the better because it puts the players on notice. It puts them on their toes again. And you got to get someone that's, that's serious about this, man. Because this guy, like we no. talked about TB a few weeks ago, he's come in thinking this is still college. He's trying to treat like these players like they're college kids. You cannot do that in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like you said, they laugh at him. They've they've literally laughed at him and they're over him. Sucks. They're livelihoods. It's not like college when they can go out and party and such things like that and they can have a good time on the side of being a good football player and they've got their future ahead of them. Like, this is their future. This is their livelihood. And they're not getting addressed by their coach. You can't treat grown men like they're college kids. You know what I mean? You can't. And he's probably tried to do that. He's tried to, like, oversee everything. He's trying to control everything. You cannot do that in the NFL, man. I think he's trying to look like he's over the top of everything. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Really, he's just contracting people to do the other things. And he's just kind of like, yeah, there you go. Well, Bevel over there, Schottenheimer doing the offense. I've done my job. Because they're two different styles of offense. And they're trying to meet, mesh together, which could work, but it's just not given the opportunity to work. I think Urban Meyer is a good football coach when it comes to coaching. So I think it'd be best for both parties if Urban Meyer goes to USC, okay, and the Jacksonville Jaguars go find another head coach. No doubt. And the thing is, Urban Meyer, if he goes back to college, he'll succeed again. Just because he knows how to do it. He just knows how to do it. He's one of the, not the GOAT. He's one of. Last one, boys. True or BS? The Kansas City Chiefs will miss the Super Bowl. True. 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 This is not based on, I think, you know, that obviously I think they can. I know that's, but I think that, you know, there's better teams in the AFC at the moment. 
who, you know, you've got your charges who are up an up, upward trend, who beat the Chiefs, okay, and you've got, you know, your Bills that Paddy spoke about before. Those sort of teams are starting to get better, okay, and Chiefs' defence is still a bit of a worry. That I love this line from Mike Lombardi. He called it battleship football. So he says that, you know, it's B1. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, we'll go B2. So they're just calling things to see if they work, and then yeah. they get a big play off it, and they try another you know, they, they do make big plays and they've, they've got really good interceptions. They've got the, some, you know, destructive players in that defense, but they're a big play and it's kind of, oh, there it is again. There's that one big play they need. And that's all they probably do need at times because of such how good their offense is. But yeah, that offense gets stopped and you see good defensive teams like the Chargers who can start to maybe work out how to stop Patty Mahomes there. Yeah, you're looking at a team that could be struggling there with that defense. I'm going to say a little bit of BS. Not it's like it's so early to tell, right? Like we can't say, oh, the Chiefs are gonna make the Super Bowl. Like if this was, you know, say mid season, you know, maybe we'd get a little bit of a better idea. But like if you're looking at this and you're looking at the AFC playoff picture and you're looking at teams like the Chargers and the Bills and and say um the Browns get in there as well, there's one like there's only really one veteran presence that comes through in the playoffs, and that's really Mahomes. Mahomes is gonna be the most capped quarterback in terms of how many games he's played in the playoffs. And from that, it's really going to come up with in big games when you call on guys like Hill, you call on guys like Kelsey, you know, Clyde Edwards-Lair, you know, a defense is going to be able to stop them in games that are such at a large stake and games where they're performing at the best ability, which they which they do in big games. I look at the Chargers game against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, and I sort of look at it in a bit of a different way to what a lot of people look at it. And I sort of think that the Chargers are a bit of a bogey side towards the Chiefs. The Chargers, most times when they play the Chiefs, especially last year, Herbert had him in his first game when he when Tyra Taylor had the whole punctured lung thing. Herbert, in his first ever game, came out and nearly beat the Chiefs and went to the overtime and such things like that. And the Chargers are always sticking around against the Chiefs, and you've seen it over many years, especially in the Alex, Alex Smith era when they had Philip Rivers as well um, on the Chargers. So them winning that game doesn't make them a more superior team than the Chiefs in any way, even though they did win. So I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll see that, yes, Mahomes is genuinely going to have so many different weapons and is going to just be able to get his team together in big games, especially with the playoffs. So I think Super Bowl for them is extremely possible. And I feel like they can get there, especially with how you know experienced their whole team is and even the continuity under Andy Reid, you know, those things win championships. Look, I said a few weeks ago off air, they're going to miss the Super Bowl. I think they haven't addressed their defense. You look at the last four games, they've given up 30 points or more. You cannot do that in the NFL. It, look, that, if anyone could get away with it, it is the Chiefs, no doubt, because Pat Mahomes will go you know, score for score. Like he, He'll try and out you, but I feel like people have figured out the Chiefs, and I think they figured out, you know, what to do that's to keep him off the field if you keep him off the field long enough and we talked about this the baltimore ravens did it well the Chargers did it you can get them you can beat them they're not they're not a tough side to beat like really if you look at it plus their run man you know they've got the bills this week we're going to talk about that that's a tough game you know they come up against the likes of the packers raiders cowboys broncos twice the Chargers again it's a tough draw for them and if they can, if they somehow address their defense, they'll get in the Super Bowl. I just don't see it happening in in the near future. I don't know how they change it or what they can change at the moment. They gave up thirty against Philadelphia. Jesus, like, yeah, 
come on. I mean, it is a worry. Yep. But, you know, it's just about development. Like, really, it's how they develop from here. They've really got to address it. And if Andy Reid can really switch on the gas and go, right, this defense needs improvement, I don't think it's about bringing in guys. I feel like it's just about a little bit of how we switch on the scheme and such. It's just about switching on and really how our scheme changes. You know, you see so many defenses change their schemes. Bill Belichick every week, you know, if he's got a rookie quarterback, he's going to change how he sort of packages most of his linebackers and his defensive ends and such as that and a lot of blitz packages and all that nonsense. But, you know, I think it mainly comes down to how they attack and game plan each week. So I think the Bills game this week is really going to show them, but I don't think any there's any worries about the offense getting it done. So what happens there with the Chiefs then? All right, let's move on to the games, boys. A couple of matches of interest straight off the bat. Friday or Thursday night football, but Friday morning here. The Rams versus Seahawks, a massive divisional game. If the Rams get the win, they extend that lead in the in the division over the over the Seahawks. Seahawks coming in desperate. The Rams, I think the the disappointment of last week, I think that that's gonna be enough for them to to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at the fact that you know they're playing at home, Seattle. They get to win at home this year. And that's probably one thing it's not they've got on their favour this week. They had a you know an all right game last weekend. And yeah, the Rams are off a you know pretty big loss against a team they hadn't lost against in you know four years. So obviously there's a couple of things there. You know Seattle trying to win at home. Um, you know Rams off that big defeat, but I just can't. I think Everett's out for the Seahawks. There, it's a big loss for them. It would have been good to see him play against um, his old team. Um, a couple of questionables in uh, you know Henderson, Higby, Taylor Rapp, um, also for the Rams, uh, Johnny Munt as well. So there's some. Two tight ends that are questionable. That's today. That's come out. Chris Carson is questionable as well, which would be a big loss. And DK as well. So I can see the Rams winning this one based on the fact of what you just said then about coming off that loss. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game of uh, football come uh, Friday morning. Yeah, we see who wins. Seattle's always tough at home, no doubt. 12th man, shit conditions usually there that suit them. Yeah, I'm looking at the, at the game this week and I'm thinking, you know, really, how's this? How's the Seattle O-line going to stop Aaron Donald? How's the Seattle O-line going to deal with this Rams defense? I'm a believer in the whole home field advantage, especially when you go to like games like in Seattle and such as that with the sound and the fans there are incredible. But I just don't think that this Seattle defense is that legit. Uh, I don't view last week's game. I watched it. The rushing ability of guys like Trey Sermon and such as that from the, from the 49ers who even had a majorly depleted running back room with the loss of Raheem Morstead and Elijah Mitchell as well. I just think, you know, the way that the Rams attack, it's going to be a bit hard for the Seattle defense to come up with some major stops against guys like Cooper Cup. And if you have Henderson in the backfield and Stafford just absolutely having the ball on the string in the last few weeks, um, I just don't think that the Seattle defense is up to it. And I feel like Donald and the front at the Rams is just going to create havoc, especially on Wilson. Switch to the AFC, probably their biggest game in that conference. The Bills versus Chiefs, we've briefly talked about it before. It's a big game for the Chiefs. they got to make a statement very quickly because, you know, no one expected them to be last in their division at this point, let's be honest. Even though I said it was a tough schedule, but still, you don't expect the Chiefs to be last. Uh, the Bills coming off really big wins, but pretty easy, cruisy wins. We talked about it. I think at home, Chiefs, you know, when their back's against the wall, Mahomes... He always performs, but I think he's capable of putting the Bills back in their place this week. 
Yeah, I could definitely say that as well. I, we talked about, you know, the Chiefs, are they the real, you know, can they make a Super Bowl? We talked about the Bills, are they the real deal? Are they the best in the AFC? Well, here we kind of get a good answer for both of those questions. And when you look at it, we say Josh Allen, he's been playing pretty good. So he's, you know, looking at the stats, he's thrown nine touchdowns and two interceptions. It's pretty good for him. He's completed well. I feel like he's been, you know, putting the ball downfield, putting pressure on, you know, the defense's secondary, which has been good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. We know that defense for the Chiefs are a bit suspect, okay? And we heard Paddy talk about, you know, the defense for uh, the Bills being, you know, they're, they're a pretty strong unit there. So if we can look at that sort of matchup, you look at, you might go, well, the Bills have got them probably with their offense on their defense. And then you're probably looking at it, well, it could be a bit of a, depending on how Mahomes goes, you should think that they could be explosive there on the weekend with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey not being able to, you know, really get a, a big handing of these past couple of games. I can really see them blowing up as well. So it's as I said previously, this is another good game. and I'm probably leaning more towards Kansas City this week, but yeah, the Bills can definitely do it as well. Yeah, the, the Bills are my best team in the AFC, as I said before, but that doesn't mean that they can have a little loss this week. I feel like just Kansas City at home, the home field advantage, as we've said, it's just it's an important thing. But not only that, it's just how this offense has gone against the Bills in the last couple of years. You know, you, of course, you've got Tredavious White and such things like that on the outside covering guys like Hill. But if Sean McDermott can't scheme against this whole attacking formation that is being set, then I just don't see um, the Bills getting up. I feel like it'll be heaps close and it could be a really good game. And I know for a fact that Allen and Stefan Diggs, if they have a field day against this Chiefs defense, I don't know how many points the Chiefs can actually put up to, you know, get over the top. Like they might have to put up a fair few points. The explosiveness that's within Kansas City and having the home field and looking at games previously and just knowing the different players because of the continuity that has happened within within the Bills, especially with having like I think nine returning guys from the last two seasons on defense. The Chiefs can get the win this week, but I'm still sold on the Bills being the best team in the AFC currently. Just go Bills. Well, I would go Bills, but you know, just, just I'm a Jets fan. You, you talk them up <laughs> and you're like, no, Chiefs. Just go yeah, Bills. Just, you know, you got you got to be a little bit realistic. You know, you know, sometimes you just got to um, just look at them and on, go right. You just shout on the Chiefs' defense like I did, and you pick the Chiefs. But I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl as well. So, you know, Jesus. I do you're, feel the Bills are the best team. The Bills will be the AFC leaders, the best team. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they win the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean they win the Super Bowl, but, you know, there's a difference. You know, there's a difference between, you know. We're talking about this weekend. Back your team, bro. This this weekend, I hate the Bills, but I feel like they're a good team. Up the Jets. All right, you know what? what, Just for you, just for you, Pat. Let's go Jets-Falcons in London. Let's go. It's just for you, a great man. time for us as well. 12.30 a.m. That's a great time for any night hours that are pretty bored. Why not yep. Zach Wilson carve it up? Well, they finally got their first win. So, I mean, oh. that must have been exciting, mate. Was it what? Yeah, was it what? If we look at the Jets, I was pretty critical last week of the play calling, okay? Definitely, like, the lack of play action, the lack of, you know, developing that run game. And I just still can't see... Like, if you look at the, the stats on the weekend, okay, you look at the players, you look at last week, Zach Wilson, how many touchdowns did he throw? Last week, he threw zero. Okay, and I'm just saying, there was a lot of overreaction over a win. 
I, I get it. They won. And that's always good. But there's that saying about, you know, look like you've been there before. And I just didn't see that in a team that's trying to build a winning culture like acting like they had just won the Super Bowl. I saw a lot of people carrying on, but yeah, I just I can't see them beating the Falcons. I don't know. I feel like the Falcons can get a good win on the weekend. Matt Ryan might have a day against that defense. Um, and we might see some people start to, you know, have a, have a real field day there. Well, he threw four yeah. touch. He threw four touchdowns last week, Matt Ryan. So yeah. you know it's primed for this yeah. week. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's how many old mates thrown all year. Look, no, no <laughs> there's no doubt they lost. But this is built. This is like timing wise. You know, this does look like a Falcons win to me, man. Honestly, Get, uh, just, no, come on. All right, I'm just going to point out, you know, a couple of things wrong with uh, what TV was saying. You know, as a Jets fan, and I'll look at it realistically, right. Talking about the Jets' defense, Jets' defense actually ranked in the top 10 currently. Um, if you want to know that, you know, we actually had seven sacks last week against Ryan Tannehill. You know, John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Sheldon Rankins. Mate, he spoke to the Titans coach over there. What's his name? Mike Rabel. Mike Rabel, yeah. He said, you know, it's one of the toughest D lines that's going around in the league, which is true. You get seven sacks against guys like Taylor or Warren and such things like that. You're a legit defensive front and you're helping your cornerbacks out a lot. So, really, the running back situation in Atlanta isn't incredible. And you've got a defensive line that's hungry and it's coming off seven sacks. And the O-line at Atlanta isn't incredible. And their defense lost 34 points against the Washington Redskins with Taylor Heineke. So, I feel like this is a great time for a Jets fan to think, you know, we've actually got a chance at London to get two back-to-back wins. Wow, that hasn't happened since... Wow. Mark Sanchez, probably. No, 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 no. Sam Donald. We're saying Sam Donald. It's happened with Sam Donald, but Sam Donald's rookie year, most likely. Actually, no, we had a couple of wins under Adam Gase when we went seven and nine. Didn't they get their first win, then beat the Rams the week after? No, they beat the Rams to get their first win of the year. And then, oh, no, and then they played the Browns. Ah, right. So, you know, this has just happened. Yeah, we beat the Browns and the Rams, two playoff teams, just to give you a bit of an upside of how good this team can be. But, you know... um. I'm feeling confident this week. I'm feeling, you know, the Jets can actually, bold prediction, put this on Instagram, put this on TikTok, put it on everything. You know, they're going to win by 14 plus. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident about that. They're going to win by 14 plus. And if there's love a difference, the you, know, you can it. laugh at me. But I was confident last week and I'm confident this week. I'm Falcons more confident this week. Jet I feel like, you yeah. know, the Falcons via the Jets, we can fly into London um, with the most steam. That'll be, that'll be interesting, won't it? That's it. That's that's yeah. it. that's all it comes down to, I reckon. Honestly, um, yeah. if it could happen over there, oh, look, I I think Robert Sala is obviously known as the defensive coach. Obviously, 49ers was awesome there. He showed a bit of that that mongrel on the weekend. If they could get a win here, the Jets, I'm gonna go for the Jets just for you, mate. All right, because thank you. All right, well, that means a lot. All right, and but no one's saying they can't win. They can win because I don't trust the Falcons, but. If Zach has a good game, they win, honestly. That's all it comes down to for me. Very true. All right? Very true. And if they don't confuse the the crap out of him, all right, (laughs) and they play core really well, and they just just help him get through this game, they can win, honestly. That's all it comes down to for me. What about Belichick last week against Brady? We didn't talk. We talked about it. We didn't talk about it. You're right. We didn't talk about that. What about the little brush off on the... uh... On the good old shake, he was just like, "Yep, sweet." They caught that in so many different ways. What do you you mean? You know what's funny about that? They caught the like the photo, and it looks like they just full embraced. I loved it. Like they were just (laughs) hugging for five minutes. They caught it. 
perfect. Like the fire. NFL posted something on like Instagram. It was like they 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 matched again. It's like them hugging. And like it's like oh yes, but in, in, it's just look in Belichick's defense. That's the most emotion I've ever seen him express. <laughs> he, told, he doesn't show much, does he? Belichick's defense. He called him. I'm gonna. I'll see you soon. I'm gonna come in. Told him. That's why I gave him a quick hug. I'm gonna yeah. go talk to my boys. He did. Oh, he I'm did gonna... go in the locker room, didn't yeah, he? That's what he was telling him. He, goes, he did. In the locker room. Yeah, no, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't want his conversation. It's not our right to be able to witness their conversation. He wants no, to go behind closed doors. So, but yeah, I thought um, I want to talk about Steve Belichick. What about the Steve Belichick? Said what that? was he? Was he on the smelling salts or something? He was going. He was going nuts. <laughs> Coach's oh, son having a bit of a fun. I, I like it. It was. Um, he was calling plays. He kept the, the great Tom Brady at bay. Yeah. So you know we, hey. The other Belichick, the next head coach of the Patriots, had a pretty good day, except for the fact that he kept on, you know, sticking his tongue out. He kept, yeah, he was just loving it. Yeah, he, he was really like up for this one. I think I don't know if Brady did something to him. I, I don't know, but he really he wanted to reveal. It was, you know, how you got the uh, the dolls and you poke them. Yeah, they yeah. Call them voodoo doll. Voodoo doll. was just yes, like, yeah. you know, the visualization. Of, We're gonna smash him. We're gonna smash him. And then I don't know what the tongue was doing, but like he was. That's the that's yeah. the blitz coming. I was just thinking like the weirdest thing from that, like I was watching on YouTube, you know, and I watch it a lot, but the Patriots did a documentary in like 2008 or 2009 when like they were just like showing the Patriots throughout the season. It was like Brady and Belichick and such as that. And they turned to like Bill throwing the ball to Stephen Belichick when he was like five. And I'm thinking, well, hang on. Like he was like, sorry, five is a bit of an overreaction, but he was like eight. Right, and now he's like coaching against Brady. Like, if Brady doesn't feel old, then I don't know what what is going on. Like, Brady's oh. coaching, getting coached against a guy that he was chucking a football to when he was about seven. After, I think, I think like a quarter of the league at least was born after he debuted or some shit like that, or they were like two oh, yeah. or three or something like that. It's ridiculous. Mm. No, it is ridiculous. Yeah. It was it's tough to watch, man. Honestly, as a Pats fan, because because I always want the goat to do well. You know, he's the goat. You know, you want him to, you want him all success to him. He brought so much joy to the Patriots. But in saying that, the Patriots, they're showing a little bit, man. They do show a little bit. And uh, I really want, because people talk crap about Belichick, you know, when it, because they've always pitted Brady and Belichick now. Ever since he left, that's the, that's the story. Like you said, uh, TB and the embrace, it's a non story, but they made it a massive story. I got brushed off. He got this, that. Come on, man. Like, I want Belichick to prove all these idiots wrong because he's he's a goat coach, honestly. Like so you can talk about Bill Walsh, you can talk about Bill Parcells, Michael Barty. <laughs> I mean, no, but in all honesty, this guy's getting criticised like he's done nothing in his life. It's just stupid. Oh, it's really stupid, man. It's not like he's won before. That's I just don't get yeah, it. It's ridiculous. It. So yeah, he's the goat. And he's famous for quoting that there's always a way to win a game. You just got to find it. Yeah, 100%. Do your job. I definitely felt like they, they, at, at Foxborough, they made him uncomfortable. Shit weather, you know, it was an uncomfortable game. And that's what they had to make it. They had to make it uncomfortable for Brady. He had some people out, um, especially like there was some defense. Uh, Pierre Paul was out. But you just had to make it uncomfortable for him. Okay. And that's what they did. You know, they had Gronk out as well, which was one of those uh, pieces that he would have loved to have. Um, late in that game, but yeah, you can just tell it. 
they knew how they to play against Brady, and it was a really good chess match going in between each other. And um, yeah, it was good to see that they stayed in it to the end. I don't know. You look at that call at the end, not to go for it. Apparently, I've looked up some stats, and it was on the NFL website that the percentage of them winning would have been more if they converted that. Obviously, this is, makes sense, but they actually kicked that ball. They still would have had a more a percentage. I think it was like forty six percent percent chance of winning because yeah. you know Brady has those yeah. timeouts. He goes down, rolls down the field, and kicks a field goal. So I don't know. I'm not going to bag Bill Belichick, but I thought he was going to go for it then. And just kind of how Mac had been playing in that in that drive, like leading up to it, I thought, well, hang on, go with the hot hand here and keep him going. But obviously he didn't, and yeah, and uh, and old mate had a bad leg, so I, that's another reason why I thought that that left leg he was. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, it was a bit weird. You'd be, be kicking yourself if you didn't have the opportunity for that kick, and you know you missed it, and you'd be get. It's both goes both ways, you know. I I think. They're talking enough about how the Patriots pretty much they I know they keep the keep they win sort of thing, but they were the better team for the majority of that game. Yeah, they were. I 100%. agree, man. I agree. And, and that's the thing, like they're they're that kind of team. They will trouble a lot of teams. Like this week, if they lose to the Texans, I'll be disappointed. Is Tyro back this week? I'm not too sure, to yeah, be honest. Davis. Yeah, I'm not too sure. He, obviously he'd make it obviously he'd make a difference, but I mean if he's not there, you'd expect the Patriots to win. That, those are the games if they lost, they'd be disappointing. Yeah. And what you just said about expecting the win against the Texans, the only reason there was an expected chance that they were going to be in that game on the weekend because was because of Bill Belichick. Exactly. Oh, yeah. If you take away any other factor just with the team they have, there was no way they should have been a chance against that Buccaneers team. So look at that. And then if you're looking at Bill Belichick and you're saying Bill Belichick versus Brady and look at that game, Bill Belichick pretty much won that game besides the, the actual result. He could did everything he possibly yeah. could to make sure that team was in the best position and they did. So That's it. but so it's put Urban Meyer in that game and it's a different story. <laughs> Urban Meyer would be doing but, something uh, on the sideline. We shall not say yeah, what it is. You, you um, don't know what he'd be doing. You you've know, seen the video. That's all I can say. You've seen, seen the, video. the video. Trust you've me. You've seen the video. If you know the NFL, you've seen the video. That's it, boys. That wraps it up. Ep one, done and dusted. TB, thank you, man. Cheers. Pat, best of luck to your Jets. Sol. Come on, the boys. I, I come on, the boys. I hope he's finished three and 13. Yeah, no, come on. You know, I, give us that's a pass. Bit. That's a give pass. Us. Three and 13, you're kidding yourself. Four and Three, three and 14 four and this year. No, no, it's going to, we're going to go oh, six and 11. Sorry. sorry. We're going to go six and 11. That's what we're going to go. Six and 11. That'll be a happy year. Even five and twelve, I wouldn't be mad with that. All right, you better show up if they lose, man. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Take care. Enjoy the games.